Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. <laughs> so that little recording was sort of like an apology from me. Um, life got really crazy here at my house and over the weekend and I had gigs and computers were being installed and there was a lot of software to download and I'm trying to organize a Twitch stream coming up on Tuesday. So there's just a lot going on, um, but I slept and I didn't do RPG a day. So sorry, but I'm back. I swear. Light to light something means both to illuminate or ignite you can shed light you can light up when you see someone i mean all of this is a lot of story of inspiration there's the other type of light i guess meaning opposite to heavy like feeling light-hearted or for that matter light-headed and also you know things being physically light Honestly, I don't have much to say about light today, other than that I'm a creature of sunshine. I'm basically a cat. I want to lounge in a patch of sun with a book and a cup of tea. That's my happy place, and I cannot wait for summer. In a quick RPG note, I hardly ever play like encumbrance or track those little things like spell components or even rations and torches and stuff. I mean, maybe someday I'll write a survival campaign where it all really matters, but... I just kind of find it boring because I want to tell the stories of my of the characters with my players and how heavy their bag is just doesn't really feel like it adds anything. I mean, feel free to call in with your thoughts on that. I'd love to hear them, especially if you've got fun ways to incorporate points like encumbrance or spell components into a game. Anyway, on to what you're really actually here for. The story of Kyra Felglade. Okay, just a quick side jaunt, because Kyra is now level 5. Ooh, what did she get? Okay, well, her proficiency bonus is now a plus 3, so that's nice. So she's, like, better at stuff that she's good at anyway. She has two third-level spell slots now, ooh, with nine prepared spells. In addition to the circle spells, though, bringing that to a total of 13 spells known. Fifth level, you gain access to the next lot of circle spells, which is why it's 13. Um, as a forest druid, she gets cool lightning and plant growth. So basically, she gets to grow plants and just bring down some sweet lightning from the sky. I don't think that'll ever come in handy. Of course it will. I'll use it all the time. Um, I forgot that last time she should have had another cantrip. So we'll choose that now too while we're choosing spells. I think my previous rolling system is a bit subjective because I just kind of like went like, oh, spells that are kind of nature But So I'm trying a new way of rolling using the schools of magic now um, and I'll probably continue this through the whole time because it makes more sense. She only has five to choose from in the cantrip so we'll roll a d10. Where is my d10? Here it is. Okay cool. So we're going one to two transmutation, three to four conjuration, five to six evocation, seven to eight divination and nine to ten abjuration. Okay so all right we got three. Three is conjuration. Conjuration has create bonfire, 
poison spray or produce flame three choices okay so let's go with 86 all right six produce flame well that's interesting considering her prophecy now isn't it Mm. okay so the third level spells have five choices too but necromancy replaces divination so using the same numbers as before okay nope wait that rolled off my pad no wait stay on the pad okay that is evocation okay so we have daylight wall of water or wind wall okay so again Three choices, so we're going to go with a D6. One to two, two to three, three to four. You know what I mean. Um, Not three to four. One to two, three to four, and five to six. Why do I always do that? Anyway, okay. All right, two. So daylight. Daylight. Well, I mean, I guess that seems fitting for this episode, doesn't it? I couldn't have planned that better if I tried. I bet Cairo would like to shed some light on to illuminate the uh, weirdness she finds herself in right now. So why don't we go check on her? Kyra felt the walls tight around her flanks. The tunnel that she'd found herself in was worn smooth and slanted steadily upwards and in places grew quite tight. She climbed onwards, thankful that she had rested for a short while in the early hours of the morning while up a large tree. That had meant she could resume her form as a panther for another few hours today. And she figured she still had about mm, 30 minutes to go, by which the growing light in the tunnel would be more than enough. She idly wondered how the larger wolves had made it here though. And thinking about that now, she took another breath in this rock tunnel and detected no wolf scent. Surprised she stopped. But how? They had definitely entered this tunnel, and there hadn't been any offshoots to explore. She didn't have any time to explore this thought, though, as the light was growing now, and she needed to move ahead to the exit that she could see. Stealing herself, she slinked forward, being careful to keep low as she neared the exit of the tunnel. It was better to go full stealth, she decided, as she had no idea what she was about to find. So let's roll a stealth check for Kyra, because as a wild shape, panther kyra has a plus six modifier which i'm sure is going to come in really handy for what she's about to do um because it's hard uh to stay unnoticed let's see it's going to be a dc 17 check 17 seems right for a level five yeah sure why not four level four level five i can't remember what she is anymore okay So what did I say? Plus six, 11 on the dice. Meets beats, folks. Meets beats. She is stealthy. Her head pokes up out of the tunnel slowly, letting her eyes adjust to see a sunlit glade and hear the river rushing nearby. Situated on the other side of the glade seems to be a stone building that is being swallowed by nature. It reminds her of the temple in Sunshard and for a moment she fears another priestess will exit. She shakes her head to get rid of the notion and looks for a way out of the situation she finds herself in. The tunnel seems to be set in a smaller cliff face, about a metre off the ground, and as she looked down she can see bushes just to the left. 
Waiting for another moment to be sure that there was no one around, she moved carefully across the loose rocks at the tunnel edge, leaping to the ground and rushing to the cover of the nearby bushes. Where were these wolves that disappeared, though? She can't see any sign of animals here, although she can certainly smell creatures of all shapes and sizes have been through here, including various humanoid figures. She padded around further behind the bushes, sticking to cover but trying to get closer to the structure to see if that will reveal any mysteries. She was listening intently when she felt that familiar itch. Oh no, the wild shape was ending. Had it already been two hours? Her back hunched up suddenly upwards in the middle of her chest and she pulled her head down towards the ground. Her jaw clenched tightly to stay quiet as she felt her teeth shrink inside her mouth and the fur recede into her skin, leaving her dressed in her usual shift dress wrapped tight to her body with strips of leather and her leggings tucked into her fur-lined leather boots. Her backpack pressed back back down and she found herself crawling on all fours, back as her usual wood self, wood elf self. She always felt somewhat bereft when the spell ended, like she had lost a deeper understanding of nature and was less a part of the whole around her. She sighed and looked out into the glade again. Two wolves played in the sunlight. They must have arrived while she was changing. They jumped at each other, mouths wide as they threw themselves carelessly into the air, teeth and claws clashing harmlessly as they ran around in the long glass long grass, tossing the fairy seeds of dandelions into the sky where they swirled and sparkled as if they floated like magic. She sat and watched as the smaller, tawny brown wolf was pinned by the strong black wolf as he growled painfully. Though to call him black was doing a disservice, he was majestic in colour. His coat the black of the night sky, and indeed it was spotted with tiny patches of silver that looked like he had stars adorning his coat. She watched in delight as they pranced, and wished fervently that she could change and join them. She knew it would be dangerous, but they were so joyous that she nearly whined in frustration. As she considered trying to move on from her spot, she looked over to see the wolves one more time and saw the midnight wolf hunch his back up, dig his claws into the ground, and before her eyes, shake off his fur to reveal a darkened green of muscle skin. In shock, she watched as the head of the wolf came up and howled at the sun, but it morphed into the haunting sound of the wolf cry into the joyous cries of a man. And when his head came down again, she could see familiar features of a wood elf. She was so filled with wonder and a need to know who he was that she stood up and the woman that he had pinned underneath him came into view. She was a beauty with flowing red hair tumbling a grout on the ground and Kairos felt suddenly self-conscious as she stood there and went to leave. Her movement must have betrayed her and the man looked up. They locked eyes across the glade and the world went still. Thanks for joining me in this Jewels from NZ RPG A Day Takeover Special. I hope you're enjoying our improvised D&D 5e story. Tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks to my gems, KP, Bobby, Shell, 
Scott, Glenn, James, and Jason. And a big thanks to everyone listening. I don't know if it was Aotearoa New Zealand or Roleplay Games that brought you here, but I'm super glad that you've stopped by. We'll be back to New Zealand episodes in September because August is for RPG. Enohora, kakite anō. Goodbye, and see you again soon. Mwah!